When I was in high school, believe it or not, I wasn't the coolest kid. We don't have to get into the why, but I often had to deal with some form of bullying or irritation here and there. But then again, it's high school. It kind of comes with the territory. But the weird thing was that despite getting in a few fights with guys in the locker room, I often would hear about my female friends and the bullying they themselves would experience. And what was weird about what they would describe is that, well, unlike the bullying I would experience, my female friends weren't getting into physical fights with other girls. No, the bullying they experienced was the use of a different weapon. The weapon of public opinion. See, when a girl in high school wants to beat up on another girl, she doesn't ball up her fist. What she would do instead is spread false and embarrassing rumors in hopes of assassinating the girl's character, thus hurting her social status. Gossip. Now, false gossip, or really gossip of any kind, isn't anything unique to high school. As a grown man, I still witness it plenty, but specifically when you're in the context of high school, where there are thousands of young and impressionable humans whose main goal is to fit in socially, a false rumor that leads to a distorted picture of someone can have devastating consequences. I don't think it would be inappropriate to say that at least a few of the tragic school shootings we've experienced in this country started off with a child being bullied through gossip and false rumors. I'm sure many teenage suicides can be rooted back to a teen feeling socially outcasted by false gossip. My point is, one lie can have massive consequences for many. And the scary thing about the right lie is that once it's out there, it can be really, really hard to prove the truth. I want to tell you a story. A story of something that happened a long, long, long time ago, before the Earth even existed. See, it's a big universe out there, and we are not alone in it either. The same God of love who created us had also created other beings as well. They are known as angels. For an unknown period of time, the universe was in perfect moral harmony, like a single chord. Then one of these angels, the one closest to God, began to doubt God's love. His name was Lucifer. Lucifer became discontent with his position as the leading angel of heaven. He began to desire the throne of God for himself. The Bible depicted his fall like this. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Ezekiel 28:15. How could that be? A perfect being created by a perfect God in a perfect heaven. And yet iniquity was found in him? How? as we talked about in previous episodes. Love, to be love, must be freely given, or it is not love. And so Lucifer, 
even in the perfection of heaven, literally living in heaven with God. He still was granted the freedom to choose love or not. And unfortunately, he used that moral freedom that love demands to rebel against the love and authority of God. And the way that evil, suffering, and death arose is because Lucifer brought his rebellion to earth. See, Adam and Eve were created to love, and thus they were created with, say it with me, freedom. And with this, God had given them a test of loyalty, a simple test actually, one which would show whether or not they could be trusted with the freedom given to them. He had warned them against eating of a tree that God said would lead to knowledge of good and evil, and that they would die if they ate of the fruit of that tree. See, they had been created to know only good, only love, only life. Evil, hate, death were never part of the original plan. However, Eve was one day engaged by a talking serpent in a forbidden tree. And you probably know the rest of the story, but just in case you don't, Eve did not know that the serpent was Lucifer, who by this time name was changed to Satan. Satan lied to her and said, you will not die if you eat of this fruit. God is just afraid that you will gain knowledge by eating this fruit. He is afraid that you will be like him, God's knowing good and evil. Eve saw the fruit and wanted the knowledge that she was lacking. Deceived, she ate, and her husband did too. What the couple did not know is that the universe was watching them and that their decision would send all the earth into a spiraling evil cycle of disease and death. They could have trusted in God, but they didn't. Using the freedom that comes with love, they chose to know evil instead. Clearly, Adam and Eve had disobeyed God, but was God unfair? Why didn't he make them not eat from the tree? Was God's government of love faulty? Was humanity going to have to be destroyed because of their single act of disobedience? You might say, why didn't God just get rid of Lucifer in the first place once he started to rebel back in heaven? Well, if someone accuses you of being an evil, abusive, controlling person, and then you kill that person, do you think that action proves your point or theirs? You see, the right lie, whether it's to angels in heaven or the first female on earth, the right lie can have devastating consequences. Here you had a loving God who was being accused of not being love. God could have got rid of Lucifer 
and the angels and the whole universe would continue to serve him. But not out of love, but out of fear. And remember, forced love isn't love. So God had to be smart about this. Instead of reacting by trying to silence the lie, he decided that he would simply have to demonstrate his love, prove it, by providing free will to all of his creation, which meant allowing them to decide whether or not they would embrace sin and let it into the world or embrace him. Because of Lucifer, not God, the disease of sin has overcome the world. And although God could just get rid of Lucifer and Eve and Adam and sin and force us to embrace him instead of it, well, he's just not that type of God. He's not a sky monster who seeks to control you. He's a loving creator who wants you to choose him. Through all the love languages and time and time again through history, God has demonstrated his love for you and his desire to get rid of sin and its effects on you. How does he plan to get rid of sin, you might ask? Great question. In the next episode, God's plan to fix the brokenness of our lives as a result of sin. Coming up in the next episode, of a picture of God.